Welcome to Creative Biolab Science Channel. As an experienced expert and reliable partner, Creative Biolabs is proficient in lipid-based drug delivery and functional liposome development. With versatile methods, diverse products, superior quality, and fast turnaround, we are confident to provide optimum solutions tailored to boost your R&D projects. Dear friends in the audience, you are welcome to listen to our program on time every Saturday night. As our sharing guest, Dr. Smith came to our program today as promised. I believe everyone is looking forward to his arrival. Let's welcome Dr. Smith with warm applause. Would you say hello to our audience, Dr. Smith? Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Beth. It is quite nice to see you again. Thank you for your invitation. I'm very excited to be here. In the last two weeks of the program, following Dr. Smith's explanation, we learned a lot about the preparation methods of liposomes and important knowledge about the stability of liposomes. Liposome stability is a complex issue consisting of unrelated instabilities, which, on the other hand, synergistically cause systemic instability. We can distinguish the physical stability, chemical stability, and biological stability of liposomes. As we all know that both extrusion and homogenization are important parts of liposome preparation. Large-scale extrusion or homogenization determines the large-scale industrial application of liposomes to a certain extent. Therefore, we should characterize liposomes prepared by either method. What are the parameters that need to be figured out? There are many parameters that are important for liposome characterization, including appearance, turbidity, size distribution, lamellarity, encapsulation volume, surface charge, permeability, pH, conductivity, concentration, composition, stability, and presence of degradation products. Then we will discuss the characterization of liposomes according to these many parameters you mentioned. The first question would be what is the difference in application between the products obtained by extrusion and homogenization? In general, extrusion produces better-defined products. However, no additional effort may be required in DNA delivery applications because liposomes will react and disintegrate in the next step anyway. The low level of contamination caused by large and small liposomes does not seem to matter because of the large genomic heterogeneity. Generally, higher DNA and lipid concentrations are required for in vivo application. In this case, the presence of large liposomes or long chromosomes or DNA may catalyze precipitation through bridging. Can we evaluate the quality of the liposome by simply looking at it? In other words, can naked eye observation help get useful characterization information? Yes, experienced researchers can gain a lot of information by simple looking at liposome samples. For example, liposome suspensions can range from translucent to opaque milky white. This depends on the concentration, especially the particle size. Precipitation can also be observed. If the turbidity is shown as a blue shadow, it indicates that the particles in the sample are uniform. The flat gray may indicate that there are non-liposome dispersions, which are likely to be dispersed inverse hexagonal phase or dispersed microcrystals. With the help of a phase contrast optical microscope, people can see liposomes with more than 0.3 microns contaminated by larger particles. The polarizing microscope can also help observe layered structures. Thank you for your explanation. Could you tell us more about the characteristics of liposome solution? 
The liposome solution is characterized by water-like surface tension and wetting of the glass, slight bubbles, and rapid bubble rise. Signs, such as entrapped bubbles rising slowly and being easy to be captured when shaking, or the dewatering of glass showing a slow rate, may indicate that the lipid dispersion of non-liposomes is due to high surface hydrophobicity. Generally, these are dispersions of the hexagonal two-phase, which can often be observed in samples containing non-ionic neutral lipids. Non-liposomal and non-belayered lipid dispersion or suspension can be very stable due to the high surface charge. One of the parameters you just mentioned is the size distribution of liposomes. So how can we measure it? The size distribution is usually measured by dynamic light scattering. This method, also known as photon correlation spectroscopy or quasi-elastic light scattering, is a means of physical characterization. It is reliable for liposomes with a relatively uniform size distribution and various bimodal size distributions may better reflect the mathematical algorithm used to calculate and fit the multi-exponential attenuation function than the properties of the sample. As far as I know, gel exclusion chromatography is a very simple but powerful method for measuring size distribution. Would you like to share more information about how it works? Yes, of course. If the column is well calibrated, the true hydrodynamic radius can be detected. The line width of the peak represents the size distribution. For liposomes, only Cephacryl S1000 has large enough pores to separate liposomes. The colloidal medium may have electrostatic interaction with positively charged colloidal particles, and the colloidal medium may have a slight negative charge. In addition, the addition of salt will lead to the aggregation of samples and the blockage of columns which makes the operation of these columns more difficult. Well, I also noticed that many works of literature mention that many researchers use electron microscopy to measure the size of liposomes. So what are the advantages and disadvantages of this method? Due to the changes in sample preparation and geometric reasoning, the most widely used negative staining and freeze fracture methods are prone to artifacts. The so-called geometric reasoning refers to that. It is difficult to estimate the size of collapsed dry bubbles in the process of negative staining, and it is not known which plain bubbles are broken or cut in the frozen crack or thin section. The low-temperature electron microscope is an innovation that freezes samples and observes them directly in electron beam without any staining, shadow, or more reliable replication preparation. Thank you for introducing the details. Then we will move on to the next question. What technique can be used to measure the lamellarity of liposomes? Electron microscopy or spectroscopic techniques can be used to determine the lamellarity of liposomes. Most commonly, nuclear magnetic resonance spectroscopy for liposomes are applied. In the absence or addition of paramagnetic agents, paramagnetic agents alter or bleach the signal observed in the nucleus on the outer surface of the liposomes. Comparing the total signal to that of the protected nuclei inside the vesicles allows the calculation of the average laminarity. I see. Encapsulation efficiency is a key quality attribute of liposomes, which refers to the percentage of the drug content encapsulated in the lipid bilayer to the total dose, which can reflect the level of drug encapsulation in the liposome and guide the improvement of the preparation process. So, how to characterize the encapsulation efficiency or encapsulation volume? The key to the determination of encapsulation efficiency is to separate the encapsulated drug from the unencapsulated free drug 
and then use spectral, chromatographic, and other analytical methods to detect the concentration of the encapsulated drug or free drug. Encapsulation efficiency can be measured by encapsulating hydrophilic labels, including radioactive sugars, ions, fluorescent labels, dyes, and the like. After removal of the external marker by gel chromatography, marker addition in both samples is measured after liposome solubilization with detergent. Electron spin resonance can determine the internal volume of preformed vesicles because some spin probes can freely pass through the bilayer, while some interacting agents such as ascorbic acid cannot. Due to the different properties of the encapsulated drugs and the different liposome membrane materials, the optimal method for measuring the encapsulation efficiency of each liposome often needs to be determined through experimental investigation. I understand what you mean. Then the next one we will discuss should be the measurement of surface potential. Okay, as for the surface potential, it is determined by the Zeta potential method. The methods of measuring Zeta potential mainly include electrophoresis, electroosmosis, streaming potential, and ultrasonic, among which electrophoresis is the most widely used. Particles move in an electric field, and their motion can be detected with a microscope or a laser. The results are very useful for qualitative, but are more useful for quality control, rather than quantitative data on the structure of the complexes. The significance of Zeta potential is that its value is related to the stability of colloidal dispersion. We have learned a lot so far. Let's look at other characterizations then. Osmotic pressure is usually indicated by a vapor pressure osmometer, and pH is checked with a standard pH meter. The characterization methods of these two parameters are very simple, so I guess we won't go deeper into these two. Next, we will focus on the determination of lipid concentration. No problem. The determination of lipid concentration is very important. Phospholipids can be determined by quantitative phosphorus analysis. After the lipid fraction has been digested, inorganic phosphorus can be determined spectrophotometrically or by high-performance liquid chromatography. For lipids, silica or reversed-phase columns can be used. Cholesterol and its oxidation products can be detected by adsorption at 209 nanometers on AC18 reversed-phase column. Evaporative laser light scattering detectors and refractive index detectors are generally much better than spectrophotometric detectors. Lipids can be detected by spraying the film with molybdenum dye or developing it with iodine vapor. The last one would be stability. Dr. Smith, what parameters should be calculated in the stability of liposomes? What methods or techniques do we usually use? The liposome membrane has a certain permeability, and the encapsulated drug can leak out of the membrane. The main manifestation of liposome instability is leakage. High-quality liposomes should have a small leakage rate. In general, according to different administration routes, the liposomes are dispersed and stored in a certain medium, maintained at a certain temperature, and separated by dialysis or centrifugation at different times, and the leakage rate can be calculated by measuring the amount of drug in the medium. It is used to compare the stability of liposome-encapsulated drugs, prepared by different processes and different formulations. I see. The particle size and distribution uniformity of liposomes are related to their encapsulation efficiency and stability which can directly affect the distribution and metabolism of liposomes in vivo. The utility of liposomes is closely related to their physical properties. 
measurement and analysis of parameters such as particle size, concentration, and zeta potential of liposome formulations can help predict the effectiveness of formulations in clinical settings. Among these parameters, the particle size and distribution of liposomes are particularly important, especially in the case of pulmonary or parenteral routes of administration, where particle size plays a key role in the effective delivery of active pharmaceutical ingredients. Therefore, there is a corresponding quality evaluation system for liposomes. So much for our content today. Thanks to Dr. Smith for his wonderful science popularization. Thank you for listening. There will be more interesting knowledge waiting for us in the next program. See you next time. Thank you. I hope we will see you next time.